All right, uh, welcome everyone to our biohistory project. We're going to do lesson number four of the name series, the name of our father, Yahuwah. The title of our lesson today is Yahuwah is my God, and we're going to look at the prophecies concerning the proclamation, the exaltation of the name of the Father Yahuwah. But before we proceed, we ask everyone to please stand for our opening prayer. Almighty Father, Almighty Yahuwah, we praise your holy name. Certainly now it makes so much sense. Whenever we say we worship your name, whenever we say we praise your name, because we now know your name, it is the name Yahuwah that we declare and proclaim today. Amen. Thank you so much for being our God, yes. for revealing your mighty name to us. Yes. Who are we that we shall gain this knowledge, yes. this piece of wisdom from your scriptures. Yes. And so we are forever thankful and we will do our best to fulfill your purpose, yes. to proclaim and exalt your name yes. throughout yes. the entire world. Amen. Our Lord and Messiah Yahushua, yes. we also call upon you, yes. you who have the name of our Father. Yes. We worship you as well. Yes. Please be with each and every one of us yes. as we continue to study the words of our Father. Yes. May we receive the power of your Spirit Amen. to guide each and every one of us. Amen. Father, we we ask and beg you to please forgive our sins. Yes. Make us worthy today yes. to receive your spirit and your words yes. that will guide us throughout our life. Amen. We believe, Father, that you have listened to our prayers. Yes. We ask and beg all things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you so much for attending our Bible study tonight. Praises be to our loving Yahuwah, our God, because we are here to continue to search for the truth and to proclaim His everlasting name of Yahuwah. Yahuwah is my God, is something we ought to proclaim, because indeed it is part of prophecy that we're going to look at this evening. And so there are those who criticize us, unfortunately, saying things like we are belittling the work of Brother Felix Y. Manalo and Brother Eranio G. Manalo whenever we preach all about the name of the Father, because apparently they did not teach or reveal the name of our Father and of His beloved Son. And so when we teach something like this to them, it is an attack against the Sugo himself and also Brother Eranio G. Manalo. However, we believe what we are doing today, the proclaiming of the name of Yahuwah and his son Yahusha, actually confirm and complete the prophecies taught to us by the messenger of God in these last days. But before we get there, there are some things that we need to kind of tie up or uh, some loose ends we need to tie together. And one is concerning the allegation. Next one, next slide. Uh, that I want to bring up to your attention. And the question is posed, was the Sugo wrong in calling the church, Church of Christ? Was he wrong? Of course not. Why? Because it's biblical. We know all about the, the passages, right? In Romans 16, 16, this is what it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. What else? Acts 20, verse 28, the Lamb's translation Take heed therefore to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you overseers to feed the church of Christ, which he has purchased with his blood. There's nothing wrong with calling the church, church of 
Christ. Why? It's biblical. Because when we say Church of Christ, it only refers to the people, the assembly, the congregation that belong to the Christ. What is the meaning of the Christ? It is a name of a title, which means the anointed one, the Mashiach, or the Messiah. So when we say Church of Christ, we are referring to people who belong to the Messiah. What is the name of the Messiah? His name is Yahusha. Next slide, please. So the name of Christ or the Messiah is Yahusha. There's nothing wrong with calling the church the church of Christ because the Christ is Yahusha. And next slide, please. The Father's name is Yahuwah. And that is we, what we Proclaim. Now, concerning the name Yahuwah, let us um, do a quick summary about the name Yahuwah before we proceed to the prophecies, because there are those who claim when we look at other translations, what we read is Jehovah, right? Or also Yahweh, that is also a popular uh, translation or use of the tetragrammaton name. They call it Yahweh. This is what is used by many, many uh, Hebrew scholars and biblical scholars. They, they, they use the name Yahweh. Why do we believe the name is Yahuwah and not Yahweh? Next slide. Going to give you five reasons why. Really quickly, before we proceed to the prophecy, I just wanted to make sure we all understand what this is all about. So the first one, why we should call Yah why we should call God Yahuwah and not Yahweh is number one. Yahuwah preserves the pure vowels of Paleo Hebrew, A, I, and U, because the vowels O and E, they are not part of the original vowels found in Paleo Hebrew. So Yahweh is pronounced with the Greek vowel sounds because when the greek people looked at hebrew they infused their own understanding of the language and the result is the pronouncing of o and e but when it comes to paleo hebrew there are three vowels the a the i and the u so it is yahuwah and not yahweh so when we look at the paleo hebrew structure grammar and pronunciation guide we will pronounce it Yahuwah and not Yahweh. Number two, the name, the tetragrammaton, must have three syllables to conform to Hebrew grammar because one could say it is four consonants or four vowels, whatever your position may be. If it's four consonants or four vowels by the Hebrew structure or grammar, it must have three syllables. But more importantly, Three syllables is what is needed to express the meaning of the name of God. Remember, before God announced his name to Moses, he first gave the meaning of his name. Ahaya, Asher, Ahaya. And we know that the name Yahuwah, the tetragrammaton, must contain both the Hebrew words Haya and Hawa, 1961 and 1933, in order to express who he is. He is the one who is, uh, the, whose name means I am he who was, who is, and who will be the Alpha and the Omega. This is why it contains both Haya and Hawa. This is why we believe it is Yahuwah and Yahweh. You can already see Yahuwah in the two Hebrew words there. Can you not? Right? What is reason number three? 
It must contain Yahoo, which was used numerous times to name the people of God. Because the Bible says God's name is contained in the names of his people, including his son. And his son's name was the name given also to Joshua, right, son of Nun, and Joshua, the high priest, son of Jehozadak. We know how it is pronounced. It is Yahushua. Judah is Yahuda. And so the pronunciation of his name is not hard to figure out because it's all over the Bible. It includes Yahu. This is why Yahuda, Yahusha, point to Yahuwah as the name of the Father. It doesn't say Yahweh. There's no people of God named after Yahweh. There is no Jesus name that comes after Yahweh. It's, it's Yahu. It must have Yahu in it. What is number four? Yahweh could be the result of syncretization. What does that mean? It is the process of uniting two different elements that conflict with one another so that they can be used as one. For example, when Emperor Constantine, when he took over Christianity, right? When he used the banner of Christianity to unite his empire, what happened? He forced baptized the pagans, but the pagans brought their, their religious elements together with them. And so syncretization happened. This is why Jesus became God. Jesus became Zeus, right? Remember that? This, is also, this could also be the reason why it's called Yahweh, because the Roman name for Jupiter is Yahweh. And if you look at the transliteration of that name, it is, it is pronounced Yahweh, a Roman god, a result of syncretization. And number five, you might be surprised by this, number five, Brother Eranio G. Manalo, rejected the use of the name Yahweh. Did you know that? Yeah? Or you didn't know that, huh? You see, back then, when a translation of the Bible called Magandang Balita, MB, came out, it used the name Yahweh. What was the instruction of the late brother Iranio Gimanalo? He said, when you read Yahweh, or when you look at, when you use Yahweh, change it, right? Change it to Lord. Why? Because I believe he knew Yahweh is not the correct translation or transliteration of the name of God. So it wasn't time yet for it to be revealed. So Yahweh was rejected. The use of the name Yahweh was rejected by Brother Iranio G. Manalo. All the ministers who are listening right now, you can attest to this. The instruction is when you come across Yahweh, replace it with the word Lord. And so because of these reasons, I believe the name of the Father is Yahuwah and not Yahweh. Okay? Now, the work, like what we said at the outset, next slide please, the work of proclaiming the one and true name of God actually confirm, not negate, but confirm and even complete the biblical prophecies taught by Brother Felix Y. Manalo, the last messenger 
of God. How do we know this? Well, we first have to understand the spirit, the nature, the character of the work that is to be done by the messenger of God. So what characterizes the work of the last messenger? The book of Malachi 4, 5 down to 6. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. And so what we read to you describes or characterizes the work of the last messenger, Brother Felix Y. Manalo. To what is his work likened to? Like the work of Elijah. This is why there is Elijah, the prophet. That's the first Elijah. This was the Tishbite, the actual prophet who went to heaven, right? And there was the second iteration of Elijah, who was that? John the Baptist. But there's going to be a third iteration of this Elijah figure. And he will come before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. We know that word Lord means Yahuwah. So before that great and dreadful day of Yahuwah, there's going to be a messenger. And his work is likened to the work of Elijah, the third Elijah. What was the comment of Brother Iranio Manalo concerning Malachi 4, 5 to 6? Let's take a look at the note. Certainly, regarding Malachi, this, this, is, this is not my explanation. Take note, this is from Karerdi's lesson. Certainly, this was not Elijah who was sent during the time of Israel. Neither was this John the Baptist who was sent shortly before the first coming of Christ. This Elijah would be sent before the dreadful day of the Lord, or the second advent of Christ, which is the, the day of judgment. What would this Elijah perform? To turn or restore the heart of the children back to their fathers or forebears. We are the offspring of the first church of Christ, which is why we are also called the daughter of Zion. So what is the nature, the characteristic of the work of the last messenger? Why is he likened to the work of Elijah? Because his work is to restore. This is why it mentions he will restore the heart of the children back to their fathers or forebears. In other words, what he will do is to restore the church so that it will be like the church of the first century. It's called restoration. The work of restoration must be completed before the second advent of our Lord Yahusha. But do the apostles also teach this work of restoration? Let's read Acts 3, 20 to 21, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Yahusha. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets, according to the apostles. Indeed, there must be this work of restoring everything before the Christ or the Mashiach will be sent by Yahuwah for our Salvation. And so after reading this passage, Acts 3, 20 to 21, what was the message of Brother Iranio G. Manalo? Let's go ahead and take a look at the lesson. This is a snapshot of the actual lesson. The question is, did the apostles attest to God's work 
of restoring everything before the second coming of Christ. Acts 3, 20, 21 was read, the passage we just read earlier. And look at the note. This is what he says. Therefore, the work of this Elijah would be restoration. Brother Felix Y. Manalo fulfilled this work when he restored us from the apostate church to the church, to, to the true church of Christ. Hence, Brother Felix Y. Manalo is the third Elijah who would restore all things before the second coming of Christ. And the church of Christ is the fulfillment of restoration and the last mission of salvation in compliance with God's will that all things be restored. I want you to pause there. I want to pause there for a while. Take note. God's will as captured by the work of the last messenger is the work of restoration. This is why the church emerged again, right? Because it was apostate. It was called an apostate church. It apostatized. And so the true church had to be brought together or restored once again. And so in compliance with God's will that all things be restored on March 31st, 1996, the executive minister, Brother Iranio G. Manalo, brought the church of Christ back to her original home, the city of Jerusalem. That momentous event was highlighted by a worship service in which he himself officiated. Members of the church of Christ in these last days are extremely fortunate to see the dawning of Christ's second coming or judgment day. This is what he said concerning Acts 3, 20, 21. There must be restoration. This is why the church emerged 1914 therein, the Philippines, as part of the work of restoration. The church turned away. The church needs to be restored. What else did Kaurdi say about this passage? Let's continue reading it. Next slide, please. Members of the Church of Christ in these last days are extremely fortunate to see the dawning of Christ's second coming or judgment day. However, and this is what I want you to pay attention to. However, we are not to predict how close we are to that day since we do not know what is encompassed by the words restore all things. Only God, do you get that? Only God will determine whether there are still other things to be restored. And so when the church emerged, registered in 1914, the Iglesia Ni when the church reached the far west and the church returned back to Jerusalem. What did Cardi say? He said there are still things that need to be Restored. Does he know what they are? No. That's why it says, we do not know what is encompassed by the words restore all things. Who knows? God knows. He's the only one who will determine whether there are still other things to be restored. This is why, if you want to think about this clearly, I want you to think about this. If Kaurdi says, there are still other things to be restored. Okay, but I don't know what they are. Only God knows. Okay, what does that mean? It means that there's going to be something to be revealed that he doesn't know yet. Right? Who will reveal it? God. Does that make sense? Because if everything was already restored, judgment day would come. So there's certain things that still need to be restored. And what do we need to understand about the work of restoration? Next slide, please.
Restoration is a process. This is why when the church started out in 1914, the doctrine that Christ is not God in this state of being, it wasn't taught yet. It was later. It was only later when it was, being, when it was taught by the Sugo. So what would happen to those who were baptized in 1914 and they believe Jesus is God? What would happen to them? They're not going to be saved. You see, it wasn't revealed yet. Why? Restoration is a process. What else was revealed later on? The doctrine about the calling of a messenger. When Brother Felix Y. Manalo began to preach, he did not immediately say, I am the messenger. That did not come until years later. Does that mean those who did not receive that message are not going to be saved? I don't think that's the case. Because you have to understand, restoration is what? A process, right? What else? The doctrine about the wearing of jewelry. Did you know back then? You could not wear jewelry? Yeah, some of you can remember that. <laughs> and when it was lifted, you were overjoyed. I can wear a lot of jewelry, right? The church reached the far west. Did Brother Felix Fuemangalo say it would reach the far west? No. Right? What else? The church reaches Rome, Jerusalem, Greece. So restoration is a process. There are things that will be revealed in the future. It comes by pieces. It doesn't come by the whole thing. It comes in a process, in stages. That is restoration. Why does it come in stages? Next slide, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 10. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. See, the process that we are going through right now is called the process of perfection. This is why we pray to the Lord God, right? We pray to Yahuwah. Let us get, may we, may you perfect our faith, meaning we grow in our knowledge. Once we know certain things, certain truths, what is true in part will be done away with. This is why we're transitioning already to the use of Yahusha. Sometimes we might forget, right? Because we're human beings, we make the mistake and we still end up using Jesus. That was true in part, but now that we know what is the whole name, the real name, because his name is Hebrew, not Latin. His name is Hebrew. Once we know that, of course, we're going to slowly transition away from using the Latin name and using the Hebrew name. Again, we're not judging you. If you want to use Jesus, you can use it if you want. But as my, for my family and I, we're going to transition to the perfect. And so we're going to get rid of, we're going to start doing away with what is partly true. Okay. And so, when we are in the process of perfecting our knowledge and our work in serving and worshiping God, that which is in part will be done away. So it is a process of restoration, a process towards perfection. And so I want to pose a question to you all. Remember, Brother Eranio Gimonello said, only God knows if there are still things that need to be Restored, And so I want to ask you the following question. I want you to think about this question, okay? Next slide, please. Is it possible? Is it possible? I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just asking, is it possible? Is it possible that among the things that must be restored before the end comes is the one true name of God? Yes. Is it possible? 
Now, before you answer that question, some facts first, okay? What are they? Jeremiah 23, 26, 27. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets and of the, of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbor, as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. Is there a need for restoration? Because before we can even consider the possibility that part of what needs to be restored is the name of the father, there has to be a case for it, right? Is there a case for a need for the restoration of that name? Yes. The Bible says the prophets long ago, before the captivity, they tried to make God's people forget his name. In, replace, in, in place of, instead, what they were teaching them is the name of Baal. And so what did God do? God punished them. They were held in captivity. And so what eventually did God say? Gen Jeremiah 44, uh, 26. Nevertheless, hear the word of the Lord, all Judah who are living in the land of Egypt. Behold, I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, never shall my name be invoked again by the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, as the Lord God lives. Don't you wonder why the Jews are so secretive about the name? To the point that there are people who say, we cannot know the name. It is impossible to know the name. Why do people think like that? It's because God has taken the name away from them. And so if it was taken away, if they don't know the name, what do we need? It should be restored. See, we're just trying to build a case. Is there a need for the restoration of the name? Well, the Bible says that the, the prophets were trying to convince the people of God to forget his name. Here God himself was fed up and God himself took away his name, right? What also did Jeremiah prophesy? Jeremiah 8 verse 8, how can you say, we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us. Look. The false pen of the scribe certainly works falsehood. So those who are in charge of preserving the Bible, making copies of copies, making translations of copies, Bible says in advance, be careful because they have a false pen. Was that fulfilled? Yes. Next slide. What's the proof? Look at all the terms, Lord, 7,000 times. They put L-O-R-D when it should be what? Next slide. It should be the Tetragrammaton. But they replace it with Lord. Why? After the captivity, what happened to the people of God, the Jews? From uh, their own words. Next slide, please. According to the Talmud, you lose your portion in the world to come if you pronounce the divine name as it is spelt. Therefore, the letters Y-H-V-H, when read aloud, are not to be pronounced under any circumstance. The Lord, or Hashem, the name, is usually substituted, and this illustrates the reverence with which the Jews hold this particular name of God. So they're saying it's not good to pronounce the name of God whatsoever. But that wasn't always the case, according to their literature themselves. Let's keep reading. Next slide, please. According to Judaism 101, the name in ancient times. In fact, the Mishnah recommends using God's name as a routine greeting to a fellow Jew. 
Berakot 9.5. However, by the time of the Talmud, it was the custom to use substitute names of God. Some rabbis asserted that a person who pronounces YHVH according to its letters, because you can discern the pronunciation of the name according to its letters, instead of using a substitute, has no place in the world to come and should be put to death. Instead of pronouncing the four-letter name, we usually substitute the name Adonai or simply say Hashem, which means the name. However, they also say nothing in the Torah, nothing in the Bible, prohibits a person from pronouncing the name of God. Indeed, it is evident from Scripture that God's name was pronounced routinely. Many common Hebrew names contain Yah or Yahoo, part of God's four-letter name. The name was pronounced as part of daily services in the temple. And so we can see here a transition. Do you see it? Before, they would commonly use the name of God. They even named their kids with the name of God. This is why you have your Miyahu, right? Yesha Yahu, Yahushua, Yahusha. You have the name of God in the name of the people who belong to God. But then something happened. All of a sudden, what was routinely done is now prohibited to the point, even if you pronounce the name, what happens to you? You're not going to be saved. <laughs> Do you see what happened? God has taken away his name. And so it needs to be restored. But the question is, does God want it to be restored? Right? Because if there is a need for it to be restored, and God does not want it to be restored, then there's nothing we can do. So the question now is, does God want it to be restored? Let's go to the next slide, Isaiah 52, verse 6. The Bible says, but I will reveal my name to my people, and they will come to know its power. Then at last they will recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. Does God want his name to be revealed? Yeah. First to his people. Yes, God took it away. Yes, man are afraid to use it. But God wants it to be revealed. Why? Exodus 3 verse 15. The purpose for why God revealed his name in the first place. Exodus 3 verse 15. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, which we know is Yahuwah, right? The God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Does he want his name known? Yes. Why? Because he says that is my name forever. Not only does he say it's my name forever. What does he want? He wants to be remembered by that name from generation to to generation and so we must come to the conclusion God wants it to be revealed if he wants it to be revealed it only means it must be restored right the name of Yahuwah is going to be restored there's a case for its need it was lost it was taken away and so there's God's will that it must be restored so I want to ask you that question again next slide please is it possible that among the things that must be restored before the end comes is the one true name of God. Yes. yes. Now it's probable. Before, is it possible? Yeah. Now I think it's probable, right? 
because of the prophecies. But let's continue. Next slide. The work of proclaiming the one true name of God actually confirmed and complete the biblical prophecies taught by Brother Felix Webmanalo, the last messenger of God. And so when we proclaim that God's name is Yahuwah and the name of his son is Yahusha, it is not to negate the prophecies taught by the Sugo. In actuality, it confirms and even completes these very prophecies. What's the proof? Well, we have to look at the prophecies taught by the Sugo. How many here remember the prophecies of the Sugo? The prophecies of the Bible actually revealed by the Sugo. How many here remember all of them? Huh? Well, it's a good thing I have a cheat code here. Next slide, please. What are the biblical prophecies revealed by the Sugo? John 10, 16. Remember that one? Right? About the other sheep. Right? What else? Isaiah 43, 5 to 6, far east of far west, ends of the earth. Remember? What else? Isaiah 59, 19, concerning the appointed time of the church reaching the far west. Right? Isaiah 59, verse 19. Isaiah 24, 15, islands of the sea, ends of the earth. Remember that? What else? Acts 2, 39, about the three groups who belong in the Christian era. Remember the promises unto you, your children, to those who are far off. Zechariah 13, verse 9. It's about the third group. Do you remember these prophecies? Yes. Who taught these prophecies? Brother Felix Y. Manalo. Do we believe in these prophecies? Yes. Absolutely. This is what set us apart. Mm -hmm. This is why we have the calling, the election. This is what made us different from other churches, other religions. We had the prophecies of God, the prophecies of the Bible, which point to our calling and election. This is why we were sure we were in the right path. Because prophecies like light that you follow. You take away the light, you're going to lose your path. But so long as the light of prophecy is there, you're going to find your path. And this is what illuminated our path. The prophecies of the Holy Scriptures. And so let's take a look at these prophecies and to see whether or not they confirm or complete. Or are, uh, if they confirm the proclaiming of the name of our Lord God. Let's read John 10 verse 16 if you still remember. Another sheep I have. Who's the one speaking here? Yahusha. <laughs> yeah, Yahusha. He's the one speaking. And he says, Another sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. This is the prophecy of Yahusha. He says he has other sheep. Why does he call him or call them his other sheep? Because they're not in the flock when Yahusha was here on earth, right? Because when he was here on earth, did he have followers? Yeah. They were the sheep during in his flock then in the first century. But he said, I have other, other sheep. What shall become of the other sheep? The Bible says they will become one flock. And Lord Yahusha used as an instrument to bring them together, Brother Felix Y. Manano, by preaching the gospel, which represented the voice of our Lord Yahusha back then. So was this prophecy fulfilled? Yes. yes. This is why the flock emerged, it was brought together, it was registered as Iglesia Ni Cristo. Now what is the blessing for the sheep that belong to our Mashiach? John chapter 10, 27 down to 30. My sheep, Mashiach says, hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. What is the great blessing reserved for those who are included among the sheep, the sheep of Mashiach, whether the sheep of Mashiach during the time of the first century, or the other sheep that will be called in these last days. Are they blessed? Yes. yes. Why? Because Yahusha says, I will give them eternal life. Is that a great blessing? Yeah. But what does Mashiach Yahusha say about his other sheep and about his sheep in general? What does he say? He says, my father who has given them to me. So the sheep of the Christ, including his other sheep, were given to him by who? The Father. Do you know what was proclaimed by Yahushua to the people that was given to him by the Father? Let's read John 17 verse 6. Mashiach says, I made your name known to the people you gave me. Who are they? The sheep. I made your name known to the people you gave me. They are from this world. They belonged to you. And you gave them to me. They did what you told them. And so what was made known by Yahusha Mashiach to the sheep. That was given to him by the Father. Mashiach says, I made your name, Yahuwah's name. I made your name, Yahuwah's name, known to the people you gave me. How important was that name? Let's keep reading John 17, 11, and 12. And now I am coming to you. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Holy Father, keep them safe. By the power of your name, the name you gave me. Sponsor for Ohio. Here Mashiach is talking about the name and the importance of the name. It is the name that was revealed by Mashiach to the people God gave him. And this name, he says, is the name you gave me. Mrs. White's Yahusha and coming from Yahuwah. This is why the name of the Father is contained in the name of His Son. And what is the power of that name? So that they may be one, just as you and I are one. While I was with them, I kept them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me. I protected them and not one of them was lost, except the man who was bound to be lost, so that the scripture might come true. Now you might be saying, well, it was revealed by Mashiach to the sheep that belonged to his flock back then. But does it also say it also will be revealed to the other sheep? Because remember, there are two groups that he was talking about. The one in the first century and his other sheep. How about the other sheep? Let's keep reading. John 17, 25, 26. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them, the sheep that was there at that time. And will make it known. So that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. What also did Yahushua Mashiach say 
concerning the name of the Father, the name Yahuwah. He said, I have made them known. I have revealed your name to them, the people, the sheep that was with him in the first century. But he also said, and will make it known. Why did he add that? Because he has other sheep. The other sheep will also eventually know the name of the Father, which is Yahuwah. Next slide. Therefore, not only will the other sheep of Christ be brought together in one flock, time will come when the name of the Father will be revealed to them. Question, did we negate the prophecy taught by Brother Felix Famanalo? No. No. It actually highlights what eventually we are going to know. What is that? The name of the Father. Now you might say, well, who's going to reveal that name? Because the Sugo has passed, Brother Iranio G. Manalo has passed. Who's going to reveal that name? Let's find out. John 17, I actually read it to you. Verse 26, what did Mashiach say? And I have made your name known to them and will make it, who will make it known to us? Yahusha. Oh, wait a minute. It has to be the Sugo. It has to be Brother Iran. No. Bible says who? Yahusha. You see, if we're going to say, I cannot accept that name because it was not taught by the Sugo. It was not taught by Brother Iran. I cannot accept that name. Wait a minute. Are you rejecting what Yahusha is saying here? Because he says, I am the one. I have made your name known to them and I will make it known. Well, how? How will Yahushua make it known? Let's read. John 16, 13 and 15. When, however, the Spirit comes, who reveals the truth about God, including His name, He will lead you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but He will speak of what He hears, and He will tell you things to come. He will give me glory. Because he will take what I say and tell it to you. All that my father has is mine. That is why I said that the spirit will take what I give him and tell it to you. Does that make sense? How can Mashiach reveal or make known to us his name when he is in heaven? We are here on earth by his spirit. You see, we have been trained to think without a messenger, without the, the administration, Yahusha can no longer do his work. Can he still do his work? Yeah. Why? Because what he needs is what? The Spirit. Can he send the Spirit to us today? What do you think? If he sends the Spirit to us today, revealing the name of the Father, is that possible? Yeah. Why not? Was it promised by Yahusha that we will receive the Spirit? Yes. And when, when especially, can we expect that Yahusha will speak to us by means of his spirit. Let's read the book of Acts 2, 17 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. The last days. 
right? Because in the last days, the spirit of Mashiach, Yahusha, can be sent from heaven to, to us. Your sons and daughters will speak what God has revealed. Even daughters can reveal things, not just the minister. I don't know if you can, you're reading the same thing I'm reading, right? We're not negating, we're not saying only the ministers are going to reveal. No, no, no. The Bible says, I will pour my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will speak what God has revealed. So it's not about the man. It's not about the sugo. It's not about Kaerdi. It's not about any individual here on earth. It's about God. It's about Yahusha. If they want to send the spirit, what are they going to do? You're going to say to the father, wait, father, that's not Brother Felix Manalo. Wait, Father, that's not Brother Ronnie Manalo. That's just a regular, that's just a regular dude. Can we say that to the Father? No. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on my servants. Both men and women. They will speak. They will speak. They will not keep silent. They will speak what God has revealed. Do you believe this? Yes. Yeah. What does that tell us? God, during the last days, will reveal things using his people, his sons and daughters, not just one person, but a multitude of people to reveal his will so that we can proclaim it and speak it, including the very name, Yahuwah and Yahusha. This is why, brothers and sisters, next slide, John 10, 16, right? It doesn't negate the work of proclaiming the name of God. Does not negate that prophecy. It actually what? Completes it. Doesn't it? Makes sense, right? Well, how about this one? Isaiah 43, 5 down to 6. Are you familiar with this prophecy? Yes. You should. This is our bread and butter. Let's go ahead and take a look at it. It's actually a very deep prophecy. A very deep prophecy. Isaiah 43, 5 to 6. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east. And gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Remember what Mashiach said concerning his other sheep? I will bring them into one flock. And so here in Isaiah 43, 5 to 6, the work is getting more details. Where will they come from? The east. In Hebrew, we know it's Misrach, not Kedem. So far, east. During what time? Ends of the earth. We know that refers to July 27, 19, 14. And so according to the prophecy, the people of God, the church, will emerge from the Far East or the Philippines during a time called ends of the earth, which is July 27, 19, 14. Was this fulfilled? Yes. Yeah. Do you believe the fulfillment of this prophecy? Yes. yes. Next slide, please. However, it's only one of many fulfillments. Yeah. You know, Isaiah 43, 5 to 6 has a progression of fulfillments. That was the first part. What's the other part of that fulfillment? Next slide. Let's go back to Isaiah 43, 5 to 6. Right? This is what we read earlier. I will bring your descendants from the east. Next slide. And gather you from the west. Who was the instrument to cause the church to emerge in the Philippines 1914? But of Felix Y. He passed, but then this prophecy was fulfilled. Who led the people of God so that the church would reach the far west? Brother Iranya G. 
Manalo. You know, when Brother Iranio G. Manalo fulfilled his prophecy, he didn't know he was fulfilled prophecy. I don't know if you know this, but there was a former district minister who was assigned in Guam before the church reached the far west. Yeah, I'm not going to mention his name. I just want to protect his secret, his, uh, secret identity. But he told me he had an attache case filled with papers which was needed to legally register the church in Guam. In, uh, the, so the first locale outside the Philippines was supposed to be in Guam. And so when Kaurdi went there, you know what happened to the attache case? Mysteriously got lost. It got lost. And so it was not registered in Guam. It was only then that Kaurdi realized the prophecy is to be fulfilled in Guam, but in Hawaii. Far west. So prophecy, we claim it's fulfilled after the fact. Did the Sugo mention that at all? No. What did he ever teach? The church is going to go to the far west. No. Who was the one who preached it? Brother Eranio Manalo, not the Sugo. When did he preach it? After it happened. July 27, 19. <laughs> 68. Next slide. So the other fulfillment of that prophecy, the church of Christ reached the far west. In Hawaii, 19. 68. But let's go back to the prophecy, Isaiah 4, 3, 5, and 6. They had, a, had another part of it fulfilled. Kaurdi looked at the TEV translation of Isaiah 43, 5 to 6. We have here in the New King James. He looked at the TEV. This is what he found. 43, verse 5. Do not be afraid. I am with you. From the distant east and the farthest west, I will bring your people home. And so what is the meaning of that word home? Isaiah, Psalms 132, 13 and 14. Oh Lord, you have chosen Jerusalem as your home. This is my permanent home where I shall live, you said, for I have always wanted it this way. And so there's another part of the prophecy being fulfilled. What is that? The church will not only reach the far west, it will also reach to the place God calls his permanent home, which is Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Was that fulfilled? Next slide. This was the lesson of Kaurdi. Right? He said, what is the other very important work which God designed for this commissioning and which took place only last year? <laughs> this was back in 1997 though. So last year would be 1996. The church reached its former home. That's why I quoted Isaiah 43.5 there. And Psalms 132, 13 and 14, this was fulfilled when the executive minister went to Jerusalem to officially establish a church of Christ in Jerusalem last March 31st, 1996. Next slide, please. And so you can always see three different fulfillments, right? Deeper and deeper fulfillments. Could it be that there's another fulfillment? Could it be that there's a completion of the fulfillment of the prophecy? Let's go back. Isaiah 43, 5, down to 6. Fear not, for I am with you. Right? I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. Next slide. And look at that part. I will say to the north, give them up. To the south, do not keep them back. Bring. Oh, my sons and my daughters from the ends of the earth. We know how we are considered sons and daughters of God. It is by the seal of the living God, which was preached by the messenger. He holds the seal, right? Because of the seal, the spirit of God, we have become the sons and daughters of God. However, what is to be given 
to those who are considered sons and daughters or children of God, the brothers and sisters of Mashiach, if they are truly the sons and daughters of God, what will also be fulfilled? Let's read Hebrews 2, 11, 13. So now Yahusha and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Yahusha is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim, what does it say? Your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given me. If you're a child of God, if you're a son and daughter of God, what does that mean? You're the brother and sister of who? Yahusha Mashiach. If you're the brother or sister of Yahusha Mashiach, what will he reveal to you? Yahusha said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. So another part of Isaiah 43, 5 to 6 is being fulfilled. Do you see that? Right? This is why. Next slide. Isaiah 43, 5 to 6. First fulfilled 1914. Then in 1968. That's not, that's not a correct 1968. Church of Christ will be brought back to Jerusalem. 1996. The Church of Christ will also name, know the name of the Father. Was that fulfilled? Yes. Do we know the name of the Father? Yes. What is his name? I want everyone to say, Yahuwah is my God. Wow, that is awesome. Say it one more time. Yahuwah is my God. Wow. You'll find out later why I made you do that. <laughs> Hopefully those who joined us through Zoom also did the same thing. But you know what? We're going to know the name. Not only are we going to know the name, what does the prophecy also say? Isaiah 43, 5 down to 7. Fear not for I am with you, right? Let's read verse 7. Uh, let's read verse 6. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Not only shall we know the name of Yahuwah, not only shall we know the name of Yahusha, the name he created for his glory, because it contains his name, we will also be identified with that name. This is why don't be surprised if there are people going to persecute you and call you by that name and make fun of you and mock you. Don't be surprised. It's going to come. Okay? Because not only shall we be called by that name, we'll be persecuted because of that name. Prepare for that. <laughs> it will come if it, if it has not yet already come. But what we can tell you is this, brethren, the, the work of proclaiming the name Yahuwah, it doesn't negate, it confirms and completes the prophecies of the scripture taught by the Sugo. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another one. Uh, next slide, please. Now let's go to Isaiah 59, verse 19. When the church will reach the West, according to the uh, Pan Doctrina, the Bible studies, the fundamental beliefs of the Iglesia de Cristo, all of us went through this. The question is asked, when will the church of Christ reach the far West according to the prophecy written in the Bible? And they quote Isaiah 59, verse 19, the Mofat. And it says right there in the Mofat, till in the far west men have awe of the eternal, and in the east they see his brilliant deeds, 
for his vengeance pours out like a pent-up stream driven by a blast of wind. So according to the INC, which is what we believe, right? when, according to prophecy in Isaiah, when will the Church of Christ, which emerged in 1914, reach the far west? Bible says, when the east has already seen the brilliant deeds of Yahuwah God. When the church emerged in 1914, did it start out as a glorious church? No, it was mocked, ridiculed, persecuted, made fun of, right? But God fulfilled his promise. It grew, even during the war years, it grew and grew some more. And so people saw the brilliant deeds of the Father. And when that happens, the prophecy says it's going to reach the far west. When was that fulfilled? July 27, 19? 68. And so that was fulfilled. But you know what? There's a completion of that prophecy. Do you want to see it? What is the completion of that prophecy? What does God want us to do? What is how, What characterizes those who are in the spirit of this prophecy? Isaiah 59, 19. This is what it says. From the west, men. What does it say? Men will fear the name of Yahuwah. And from the rising of the sun, they will revere his glory. For he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of Yahuwah drives along. Not only will the church reach the far west, but the remaining members of the church who are in the far west, the true members, they're going to fear the name of Yahuwah. You know, when we were teaching this lesson, when I was still in the INC institution, I always thought about that. What does that mean? It didn't make sense to me. The people in the West will fear the name of the Lord. Now it makes perfect sense. Right? What does it mean to fear the name of Yahuwah? It means to respect it, to revere it, to proclaim it, to worship it, to honor it. What's the opposite of reverencing the name of Yahuwah? What's the opposite? We mock it. This is why, brethren, when people will persecute us because of the name, don't engage in silly conversations with them. Let them do what they want. As we say, bahala na ama. <laughs> don't, just let them do whatever they want to do. But if I were them, I would not dare. I would not dare mock the name of Yahuwah. You know, if you are one of those who have mocked the name, I would, go on, you know, I would go on my knees right now and ask the Lord, Yahuwah, please forgive me. I acted in ignorance. Do that and may God be merciful. Right? The Bible says those from the West, they will revere. They will fear the name of Yahuwah. Was this fulfilled? Did we do it? Yeah. Right? So it's the completion of the prophecy. What else? Next slide. Let's go to Isaiah 24, verse 15. You see that there? Let's read Isaiah 24, 15. See how it was first fulfilled. Isaiah 24, 15 down to 16. In the islands of the sea, from the ends of the earth, we hear singing, glory to the righteous one. Who is the righteous one referred to there? Yahuwah. What will they do? They will sing praises to Yahuwah. Glory to Yahuwah. Who are they? Those who will come from the islands of the sea during a time called ends of the earth. When was this first fulfilled? July 27, 19? 14. It was fulfilled, right? 
And so we did the work of glorifying the Father. Did we not? Yes. Unfortunately, there's a continuation of that prophecy that's only being fulfilled now. What does it say? We'll just continue reading. What does it say? But I said, I waste away, I waste away. Woe to me, the treacherous betray, with treachery, the treacherous betray. I, I often wondered, because during the days of uh, Ka'erdi, when we would preach the lesson and it contained Isaiah 24, 15, 16, it only had 16a. Part B wasn't read. Now we know why part B wasn't read. It wasn't fulfilled yet. It wasn't applicable yet during that time. Now it is. What does it say? After God is glorified, after the church reaches glory in the east, it reaches the far west, all of a sudden, the treacherer, the treacherous betray with treachery, the treacherous betray. Do you know what treachery is? When you take something that belongs to someone and you take it for yourself. That's treachery. Betrayal. You're supposed to glorify the one who is the righteous one. But something happened. How is that fulfilled? This treacherous betray. Isaiah 42 verse 8. It says, I am the Lord that is my name. I want to pause there for a while. I want you to think about this. If the word L-O-R-D spelled there is Lord, it doesn't make any sense. Right? Because it says, I am the Lord, that is my name. Because it's supposed to be what? Yahuwah. I am Yahuwah, that is my name. Now it makes sense, doesn't it? Yes. I am Yahuwah, that is my name. What does Yahuwah say? I will not give my glory to anyone else or the praise I deserve to idols. Yahuwah says, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else. During our time, do you recognize another name that receives the glory that is supposed to belong to Yahuwah? Has another name emerged? Do you recognize another name? Don't mention it, please. Right? You probably are thinking this person received the glory that belongs to the Father, to our God, Yahuwah. That's treachery. When you take the glory that belongs to the Father and you take it upon yourself, when you receive the praises of God's people, when you use your name and say you are no longer in the book of life, when you say to the people you lead, obey and never complain, that the glory that belongs to the Father you have taken upon yourself. Treachery. That's not the work of those who will come from the islands of the sea during a time called ends of the earth. You know in that prophecy, it mentions not only ends of the earth, it mentions not only islands of the sea, it also gives us two commands. This is why Isaiah 24, 15, and 16 cannot be completed unless we fulfill these two commands. What are they? Isaiah 24, 15, and 16. Therefore, in the east, give glory to the Lord. What, is that? what else does it say? Exalt. Exalt the name of Yahuwah, the God of Israel. In the islands of the sea, from the ends of the earth, we hear singing, Glory to the righteous one. But I said, I waste away, I waste away, woe to me. The treacherous betray with treachery, the treacherous betray. What is the work? What is the command of God? 
to those who will be called from the ends of the earth in the islands of the sea in the east. We are to glorify Yahuwah. How? By exalting his name, not by hiding his name. You cannot exalt his name by hiding his name. You cannot exalt his name without proclaiming his name. We are to exalt it by proclaiming it and worshiping it. I don't know if you noticed this. When we were still in the institution, how many times do we mention in our prayers that we may glorify your name? Do we hear that all? You probably use it. Yes. Father, we worship your name, right? It's even included in our hymns. We praise your name. How can we name? How can we praise his name, worship his name, exalt his name if we don't know his name? Does it make sense? Does God want us to know his name? Yes. What's the proof? We're to exalt his name. The name of Yahuwah. But the prophecy says, we are going to be treacherous. So it says, because instead of proclaiming the name of Yahuwah, another name is being proclaimed. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> Next slide, please. The people of God are not only to come from the east during the time called ends of the earth, they are also commanded to exalt the name of Yahuwah. Next slide. So we have two prophecies left. Acts 2.39 and Zechariah 13 verse 9. Are you familiar with these prophecies? Yeah, let's go with Acts 2.39. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So this is the promise to be given to the three groups of people during the Christian era. Remember, this was after the Pentecost, this was during the Pentecost, when Yahushua went to heaven, and he told the apostles, wait before you go out and witness or preach the gospel. Wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come down. It came down on the day of Pentecost. The first one to preach was the apostle Peter. And he said there are going to be three groups in the Christian era to be called. Who are they? Promises to you, number one. To your children, number two. And third part. All who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will, call. We all know who the first group represents, right? Who are the first group? Next slide, please. Revelation 14, 3 to 4. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who followed the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb, who were the first group to be called. The Bible calls them the first fruits to God and to the Lamb. Who are they? Those redeemed by the Lamb. Who is the Lamb? Yahusha, our Lord. So who are they? What was redeemed by Yahusha, our Lord? The church. So these people represent the first group to be called, the 144,000. Who are they? Revelation 7 verse 4. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. So who were the first group to be called? The Israelites. Right? The Israelites were the first to be called inside the church to receive the promise of our almighty God. Now, what does the Bible say about the first group? Revelation 14, verse 1. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000 having 
What does it say? Having his father's name written on their foreheads. What is unique about the 144,000 or the first group to be called during the Christian era? The Bible says they have the father's name written on their foreheads. Was this acknowledged by Brother Iranio Gimanalo? Let's read. In a January 24, 1999 lesson, he quotes, Kaerdi reads Revelation 14.1, and he says, The verse says a lamb was standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. And so the first group, they had the name of the father written on their foreheads. What does that mean? To have something on your forehead. Let's re read Revelation 7, 2 down to 3. I'm sure you're familiar with this. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice of the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the tree. So we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And so the seal is going to be done on the forehead. This is the work of the angel who was fulfilled in the, per, in the person and ministry of Brother Felix Y. Manalo. What does that mean? To be sealed on the forehead. This is the explanation from Carardi's lesson. Next slide. He says in Hebrews uh, 8.10, I will put seal, my laws, the gospel, on their minds and write them on their hearts. Explanation. Where will the messenger seal the gospel? The Lord will put the laws in their minds through his messenger. So when it says something on one's forehead, what does that mean? It means God is writing it in someone's mind. What does that mean? You understand it. You know it. Right? That's why in Hebrews 8.10, let's read the actual passage. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says, says Yahuwah. I will put my laws in their mind. And write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And so when it says it will be written on their foreheads, what does that mean? In the same way God places the laws that belong to him in our minds. He will also do the same thing with his name. In other words, it will be revealed. They will know the name of the Father. That's what it means to have the name in our Forehead. It's not going to be an actual name. It's going to write down, right? We will know the name of the Father. What's his name again? Yahuwah. So the first group, the first group know the name of the Father. How about the second group? Let's read. Who are the second group? Acts 2.39, for the promises to you and to your children. Who are they? Revelation 14.6-7. And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven. And when it says angel, we know they're messengers having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, sing with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the, the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water, who became the fulfillment of the second group. Well, the Bible says this second group will receive the gospel as preached by another angel or messenger, and this group has been characterized by the words every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. What does that mean? Not just the Jews, but also the Gentiles. When we say Gentiles, what do we mean? Every nation, every, every tribe, every tongue, and all people. And so the door 
that leads to Yahuwah was also opened to all the races and nations, not just to the Israelites. You get it? And who was that? Who was the fulfillment of this angel? Well, it says here he will preach the gospel and he will say he will preach about judgment and he will introduce the God who made the earth, the sea, and the springs of water, who became the fulfillment. Acts 14, 14 down to 15. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul, okay, Paul, what did they do? Yeah, it says that we also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them. It was fulfilled in Apostle Paul. What else proves it was fulfilled in Apostle Paul? Did Apostle Paul also preach about Judgment Day? Acts 17, 22, he also preached. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus. He was speaking to the Greeks, non-Jews, Gentiles. What did he say? Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. And so without doubt, the fulfillment of that other angel mentioned in Revelation 14 was Apostle Paul. And according to Apostle Paul himself, what was his assignment from God in Romans 15, 16? And I might be a minister of Jesus Christ, Yahushua HaMashiach, to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That's why he was called to the second group, the Gentiles, or in other words, all the non-Jewish people. And according to the prophecy, will they recognize the name of Yahuwah? Malachi 1.11, for for from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name in a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Yahuwah of hosts. And so the Gentiles, the non-Jews, would they also know the name of the Father, the name Yahuwah, just like the first group? Yes. In fact, according to Apostle Paul, what will they also do together with the Jews? Romans 10, 11 and 13, as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. And so the Gentiles together with the Jews. Not only did they know the name of Yahuwah, they will call on the name of Yahuwah in order to be saved. So the first two groups, did they know the name of Yahuwah? Yeah. Do you think the third group will also know the name of Yahuwah? I would think so. Let's read Acts 2.39, right? So the promise is to you, to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Who is the fulfillment of the last part, the third group? That's us. The other sheep will come from the islands of the sea in the far east during a time called ends of the earth, 1914. That was fulfilled in our group, right? July 27, 1914. And so according to the prophecy, what shall they receive? What does it say? For the promise. Do you know what that promise is? Mentioned by Apostle Peter? Because it says the promise is to you, the Jews. To your children, the Gentiles in the first century who became members of the Church of Christ. 
And that same promise will also be given to those who are from afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. What is that promise? Let's read Acts 2, 38 to 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Yahushua HaMashiach for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. So according to the prophecy, the third group, just like the first two groups, what promise is to be given to them? The gift of the Holy Spirit. How was the Holy Spirit, the promise of God, how is it going to be manifested in all three groups, especially the third group in the last days? Acts 2, 17 to 21. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will speak what God has revealed. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour my spirit on my servants, on both men and women. They will speak what God has revealed. I will work miracles in the sky and give signs on the earth, blood, fire, and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will become as red as blood before the terrifying day of, the, of Yahuwah comes. Then whoever calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. Isn't that wonderful? According to the prophecy, the third group who receives the promise of the Holy Spirit, what shall they be able to proclaim? Many things. The, uh, they will proclaim or speak what God has revealed. Your old men will dream dreams. Was that fulfilled? Yeah. What did this old man who dreamt dreams proclaim? Exactly the prophecy, right? The fear that belongs to God has been transferred to a man. That was his dream. Was that fulfilled? Yeah. How about the blood, the fire, the clouds, the smoke? Was that fulfilled? Yeah. Do you still remember the dark, uh, the, the sun becoming dark? The moon will become as red as blood. Remember the blood moon? Was that fulfilled? Yes. What else will be fulfilled according to the prophecy? Then whoever calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. When will they call on the name of Yahuwah? Before. Right before the terrifying day of Yahuwah. What is that terrifying day of Yahuwah? It was mentioned in Malachi chapter 4. Remember the work of the third Elijah? It is to take place before the terrifying day of Yahuwah. And so when that was fulfilled, this is also going to be fulfilled. They will also call on the name of Yahuwah. And who are they? Specifically, those who will call on the name Yahuwah. Let's read Joel 2.32. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance as the Lord has said among the remnant whom Yahuwah calls. Who among the third group will call upon the name of Yahuwah. Whose work is it to declare the name of Yahuwah? It is the work of remnant during the last days. Whose work is that? That's our work. This is why we're not surprised. It's only now 
that it is being revealed. Why? That's what the prophecy says. And so when we go back to the next slide, we discuss one, two, three, four, five prophecies. Let's discuss the last one, Zechariah 13, verse 9. I'm sure you're familiar with Zechariah 13, 9. Let's go to the prophecy, Zechariah 13, 7 to 8 first to get the context. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Who is that shepherd? Yahusha. Against the man who is my companion. That's certainly Yahusha. And so, awake, O sword, right, says the Lord, of, says Yahuwah of hosts, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. So, Yahuwah is going to die. And the apostles and the disciples will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones, the apostles, they were persecuted. And it shall come to pass in all the land, the word land refers to the people of God, First Corinthians chapter 3. The land represents the body. The land represents the church or the field. And it shall come to pass in all the land, says Yahuwah, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die. But one-third shall be left in it. So according to the prophecy in Zechariah, as taught by Brother Felix Y. Manalo, the first two groups, the Jews, the Gentiles, who were called inside the first century church of Christ, what will happen to them? Their faith is going to die. They will turn away from Yahuwah. Was this fulfilled? Yeah. This is why we have a third group. Have you ever thought? Did you ever wonder why we have three groups, not just two? Because when it says the promises to you, the Jews, and the Gentiles, everyone else, why would you need a third group? Right? There is the answer. Because the first two groups, what would happen to them? They'll be cut off and die through apostasy. They will turn away from the living God. And so there's a third group. Who are they? The other sheep. Those who will come from the Far East. The islands of the sea during a time called ends of the earth. So the two will fall away. But there's a third group. That's us. What will happen to the third group? What does it say? It shall be left in it. However, the prophecy continues. Zechariah 13 verse 9. I will bring the one third. This is the offspring of the church. The one third through the fire. Will we find them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested? Have you, when we were still in the institution, we often would hear from Brother Iranio Gimanalo that the church is going to be tested, right? And it will be so severe, only a few are going to be saved. Remember he even gave the illustration of uh, the beach and there's like sand. How many are going to be saved? He, he took a, a handful of, of uh, sand Right, And as he was getting a handful of sand, some trickled out from his palms. Because only a few, many are called, but only a few are going to be saved. There's going to be this big test. And in this big test, only a few are going to survive. You know, when the Bible says there's going to be a test, sometimes what God will do is he will keep away. And he will let the events unfold without intervening. Why do I say that? How many are going to survive this test, this fire? Not many. Why? Next slide, please. Revelation 12, verse 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and who have the testimony of Yahusha HaMashiach. This is pretty frightening. <laughs> you know who the dragon is? And his minions, right? You know what the woman represents? 
the church. The church will have an offspring. Who are they? The other sheep. The offspring of the first century church is the other sheep that will come from the ends of the earth. What will the devil do? Make war against them. Make war. This is going to be brutal. Remember, when God tests people, his people do not become more. They become less. Couple that with the work of the dragon that will make war. And when you think about the influence of the devil, you know what he strives to do? He uses corruption, lies, idolatry. Are you surprised what's happened to the institution? Has happened at all? When it happened, in actuality, we should not be surprised. Why? Because the, the dragon will wage war against her. And what makes the dragon so powerful is because he's working behind the scenes. This is why we should not be surprised why this has happened to the institution. It's the result of the test. And God allows the dragon to wage war against her. This is why we have been told ever since the very beginning to trust in Yahuwah. Don't trust a man. And because of this, how many are going to survive the test? Isaiah 1, 8 to 9. So the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard, as a hut in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Unless the Lord of hosts or Yahuwah of hosts had left to us a very small remnant. We would have become like Sodom. We would have become, been made like Gomorrah. Could have been total destruction, complete apostasy. But the prophecy says, this is the last work of salvation. The third group is the last work. It will not be completely apostatized. And so what did God do? He set apart how much? A very small remnant. A very small. Otherwise, it would have been completely destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah. But God left very few survivors. Who are they? Zechariah 13.9 I will bring the one-third through the fire will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. You see, what will come out of this testing are people who will trust in who? Not many, but few. A very few, a very small remnant. They're the ones who will continue. The third group, not many, but few. And you know what will be declared by that few? That very small remnant? Let's keep reading the prophecy. Zechariah 13. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people, and each one will say, Yahuwah is my God. This is why I wanted to remove that term Lord there. Next slide, please. And I just want to read that prophecy again because it's so beautiful. I will bring the one-third through the fire. will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. Only a few will survive. A very small remnant. But that few who will survive, they will call on my name. And I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, 
Yahuwah is my God. Praises be to Yahuwah for those who said that earlier. Remember I told you? Remember when I said to you, repeat after me, say, everyone say, Yahuwah is my God. The prophecy says that's what we're going to do. Each one will say, Yahuwah is my God. Who will be the one to say that? The survivors, the very small remnant of the third group. That would be us. This is why according to the prophecy, that name will not be revealed until after the big test. Not before it, but after it. And so we are very fortunate because brethren, before our eyes, all these prophecies are being fulfilled. And so we must call on the name of Yahuwah. And so brethren, next slide. What we have seen, all those prophecies we mentioned, the work of proclaiming the one true name of God actually confirm, right? And complete the biblical prophecies taught by Brother Felix Y. Manalo, the last messenger of God. And so when our Mashiach, Yahusha, is going to come, because he's going to come soon. And he said, we can recognize those who are his true servants. All over the world today, there are so many who claim that they belong to Mashiach. But the Bible says the ones who belong to him, they bear a characteristic. What is that? We're almost done. Revelation 22. Behold, I am coming quickly. Who's the one speaking there? Mashiach. Mashiach Yahusha. And my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. There will no longer be any curse and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on there. When Yahusha Mashiach will come back to give his reward and salvation. Who are those who will be his true servants and will see his face? Because that's what we want. The ones who have his name. The ones who will see the face of God will have the name. The name on their foreheads. What does that mean? They will know. They will know the name. They will call on the name Yahuwah. But who among us will be able to accept that name? The Bible says and gives us a warning. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life, from the holy city, which are written in this book. You know why that was added? This was first taught to me or to us. By the Sugo, right? He would often say when he was alive, I did not actually hear it, but some of you can confirm this when he was preaching the Sugo, Brother Felix Manalo, what would he often say? Do not listen to me. Listen to the Bible. Don't listen to Manalo. Listen to what the Bible says. And this was one of our favorite passages. This was one of our calling cards, right? Do not add, do not subtract from what? The Bible says. What does the Bible say again and again? The name. 
the name of the Father. But why do people reject the name? Because they will say, the Sugo never taught it. Brother Irani Jimonello never taught it. So even if it's all over the Bible, they're going to take it away. Bible says anyone who takes away from this book, God will take away his part from the tree of life, from the holy city, which are written in this book. And so brethren, the revelation of that name is a test. Who will you trust? Is it Yahuwah, our father? Or is it a man? Even if that man happens to be his instrument. And Buddha Felix Manalo was alive. He always pointed to the father and his son, Yahusha. Not to himself, not to himself. But there are people who elevate him too much. And refuse to learn what God wants us to learn because of that name. Brethren, do not remove what is recorded in the book. Because those who accept what the prophecy says, those who accept what the book says, they will also accept the name of our Father, Yahuwah. This is why, if I may ask you again, the next question, the following question, is it possible? Is it possible that among the things that must be restored before the end comes is the one true name of God? Before it was possible, then probable, you know what our answer to this question is now? Yes. It has been fulfilled. It has been fulfilled. Because we now call on the name of Yahuwah. Do you know what that means? When Yahuwah's people will begin to call on his name. What does that mean? Let's read the final passage of our studies today. In the book of Acts 2, 20, 21. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Before the coming of the great and awesome day of Yahuwah. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. Have you wondered why the revelation of this name, the name Yahuwah, is taking place alongside events like fires, diseases like the one in China. Escalation of war, like what is happening between Iran and the U.S. Earthquakes, calamities one after the other. Have you ever wondered why all of these events that are happening now coincide with the revelation of his name? Now we know. The day, the great day, and that awesome day of Yahuwah, the day of judgment, is very near. It's very near. Should we be afraid? No, we should not be afraid. Why? Whoever calls, whoever calls on the name of Yahuwah shall be saved. So brethren, all we can do is preach. It's up to you to accept it. Before the ministers and I decided to preach this, we knew, we knew it may be rejected. But we are not here to increase our number. We are here to proclaim the truth. All we can do is preach the word of God. It's up to you to accept it. We believe it. Because you cannot deny the prophecies being fulfilled during these last days. And what we should all do 
is be united in proclaiming the name of Yahuwah and his son, Yahusha, as our Mashiach. Let us stand, brethren, and we shall pray. Everlasting Yahuwah, our great God in heaven, thank you so much for you have revealed your precious name to us. Yes, you have taken it away from your people. There are many who wonder what your actual name is. Indeed, it is wonderful for us to know. And we are truly thankful. Because at last, we can call you using your actual name. Yahuwah. Yahuwah, our God. Thank you so much. Because the prophecies have been fulfilled. We promise you we will obey your teachings. We will call upon your name. We will declare to you now. Yahuwah is my God. Thank you so much. We are parts of your people in these last days. Yahusha, our Mashiach. Thank you so much for considering us. Because we belong to you. As the Father has given us to you. And you have spoken to us about your name. Whenever we mention that name. Indeed, we feel your spirit. We are strengthened and invigorated. Because we know you want to deepen our relationship with you. You call us your brothers and sisters. We are the sons and daughters of our Father. Thank you, Lord Yahusha. For your protection. We don't know what lies ahead. We know we will be tested. We know we will go through further trials. Please keep us safe by your name. The name of our Father. Help us to be obedient to your laws and your commandments. Father, we know that by knowing your name, we have a great responsibility yes. to live according to your righteousness, yes. to reject what is evil and wicked. Yes. We don't want to blaspheme your name yes. by living wickedly. We represent you now yes. throughout the whole earth. Yes. We carry your name. Yes. May we not fail you. May we make you proud of us. Yes. Help us to live holy lives, to uphold your righteousness. Because what would your name mean if we fail to do so? Remember your people who are persecuted, those who are oppressed. We will look up to you, O Father. Those who are going through difficulties now. Those who are in places of danger. Father, we will call out your name. We will look up to you. Place our trust in you. Deliver us, O God. And give us many more opportunities to be able to exalt you in your name. We believe, Father, you have listened to our prayers. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.